following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Come on. It's a great day. You know, I feel bad because I should have started a life group this this summer or this fall, I should have started one called Blue Bell in the Bible. <laughs> I really do. We have, Patty and I, I, I got to tell you, this is one of the sweetest stories. I got to tell you, we, we have some pastor friends that live down in the Golden Triangle down in East Texas. And they have this son that is mentally challenged. And, and he just brings joy to everybody. He is just one of those kind of kids that's electric in school. Everybody wants to be his buddy. He's, he's that kind. He's special. He's a special child with special blessings on his life. And the other day, uh, my wife and, and she trade Facebook stuff, you know, and my wife shows me Facebook. I don't do it, so don't Facebook me. <laughs> but I like to watch my wife's Facebooks. And, and she sent something of, of her son. He came out in his T-shirt, and his T-shirt said, you're fired. And, and, he, and he set up the phone so that he could film himself. He loves Bluebell ice cream. He loves Bluebell, and it shows. It really does. <laughs> and he set this camera up, and he'd get on the other side, and he gets this Bluebell out, and he's checking the camera to make sure everything is cool and kosher. Then he gets that spoon in there, and he starts dipping that Bluebell. He dips him about six big old dips. And then he licks the spoon, puts it away, didn't put it back in. He knows what he's doing. He came back and he came over close to us, close to the, to the camera, to the phone, and he put that bluebell right there in front of him. Then he got this chocolate syrup, this Hershey's chocolate syrup, and I, I, he baptized it. He baptized it with chocolate syrup. Then he held it up and just smiled and turned the camera off. And I had bluebell last night for the first time in, in three months because of him. I love that kid. His name's Hayden. I'll, I'll have some more Haydenisms for you one of these days, but I love that child. It's an honor to have you folks today. What a joy and what an opportunity it is. The Horns beat Nice University last night, and we're happy about that. Those boys played real fair to our Horns and let us beat them. But next week, it starts, uh, it starts uh, a little bit different on next week. But I'm glad to be here, and I'm happy to see you here. And I'm so honored to be able to minister the gospel to you today. There is a family that was in first service today that lost, lost a son, 15 years old, tragically. Uh, they need your prayer. Their name is Fraser, F-R-A-S-E-R. They lost their son tragically on Wednesday, just before service Wednesday night, and they were in service today. I think that's big time to be in the house of God after you've gone through a tragedy. And many of his family members were with him today, with the family today. And so we just want to pray for them that God will help them. Would you stand all over the building? I love you very much. And I'm going to preach a gospel to you today. You ready to hear the gospel? Yeah. Amen. The gospel's good news. Gospel's good news. You know, the first week of this month, we, uh, we kind of started talking about an unofficial, official uh, title for a for a series we call just, just Be Ready. Just Be Ready. Be Ready. Because we know that the coming of the Lord is near. It really, really is. And it's closer now than it was last year. And we know that. And sometimes we can get into one of these laps of thinking and believing that everything's just going to be all right. It's going to go like this forever. And it's not. The Lord's coming back. He is coming back. 
So we talked the first week about being marked for redemption. You that were here may have remembered that when God put a mark on Cain so that he would not die, but he would live. Even after he murdered his brother, God marked him so that he would live. Now Cain walked away from that mark, but at Calvary, we all got a mark. We're marked for redemption. We're marked. The Lord does not want, listen to me, anybody in his kingdom in the world to be lost. Hell was made for the devil and his angels, not for us. So why don't we just make up our mind? We're not going there. We're going to home to be with Jesus. Amen. Clap your hands real big. And then last week, we talked about the divine visitation, the day of visitation, preparing for the visitation of God. God wants to come at times in our life and just prepare us for events and prepare us for things in our life and we, we talked about preparation day last week. And we're today, I'm speaking on this subject that perhaps we don't hear enough of. I'm speaking on he is coming with clouds. Amen. Everybody say, the Lord's coming again. <laughs> this is not to scare you. This won't be presented as a scary thing. It's going to be a happy thing. Yeah. We're going to rejoice in the fact that one day, very soon, the clouds are going to part and Jesus Christ is going to come. Yeah. He's going to take us out of here. What a joy. So, Revelation chapter 1, verse 7, John on the Isle of Patmos said, Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, John said, Amen. Would you say amen to that? Amen. You may be seated. I love you very much. God bless. Thank you for being here. What a beautiful balcony crowd today. Let's give our balcony a great hand. I Amen. And balcony, give all the downstairs people a hand. You get on clap too. Come on, give them a hand. The Lord's happy about seeing you in church today on the 15th day of September. Many of you may have gone to a university where one of the hot issues among students was, if the professor is late, how long do you have to wait before you get a hall pass? One, one university I read about custom dictated that if a professor was 10 minutes late, class was canceled. Well, a professor arrived early one morning at 9 a.m. for the 9 a.m. lecture. And so because he was early, he placed his hat on his desk and he went to the faculty room to visit with some of the faculty people that were going to be starting their classes at 9 also. But before he knew it, it was 10 after 9. By the time he got back to his classroom, 10 minutes the classroom was empty. There was nobody there. And the next day, he let his students have it. He said, when my hat is here, he fumed, I'm here. So the following day, the professor arrived at 9 a.m. He was met with a side of 28 hats on 28 desks and not one student there. That's funny. I don't care who you are. That's funny. Now, don't, don't, don't come next Sunday and put your hat on the chair and leave. I want you here next week, not your hat, okay? <laughs> clouds, clouds, clouds. He's coming in clouds. My kids, when they were small, loved three things to do when we traveled. We didn't have Fortnite. We didn't have all these little games. And so we had to make up games as we went down the highway of life. And one of them was locating Volkswagen Beetles. Our girls love, they call it the slug bug game. Slug bug. 
And the one that got the most got a prize. I don't know what that prize ever was because I didn't ever buy anything, but they got a prize. (laughs) And then we'd play the who am I game, 20 questions to try to decide who a particular person was. And they could never guess mine because I had people they'd never heard of. You know, there's just five and eight. (laughs) But their favorite was cloud watching. My kids love to watch clouds. When it's a cloudy day and we're traveling, they'd look up in the clouds and they'd try to see all kinds of items and situations and animals and things in the clouds. And so that was my favorite thing as a kid, but it wasn't, it wasn't describing what I saw. It was just watching clouds. Cause I had this, I had this fear of the coming of the Lord when I was a kid. I just had this fear in my life that the Lord's going to come and I wasn't going to catch mama's skirt and I wasn't going to be able to get out of there. And so I would always ask daddy before I left the house. This, this is a true story. I said, dad, what's, what's it look like? Said, what's the weather forecast? He said, son, it's a clear day. And I thought, no God today. No, no Trump. No, 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 no rapture today. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Daddy said, it's clear to partly cloudy, son. I said, well, the Lord might be thinking about coming back and getting us. But if it was cloudy and overcast and it started raining, I said, oh, I better repent before I get out there today because the Lord might be coming. But my kids inherited this weakness. And so they'd be looking at a cloud and I'd say, and they'd say, Daddy, I see. And they'd say, I see a little, I see a little pig in that cloud. I see, I see a horse's head in that cloud. And I say, so many times I almost wrecked the car looking too long because I can't look away from, from the stern wheel any at all because when I look, I turn. <laughs> and when I look this way, I turn. So I, my wife tries to show me stuff on the phone. I said, put it right here in front of me, baby. I can't, I can't. I'm kind of like, uh, I'm kind of like Chris Paul, that NBA player that makes those commercials for that insurance company. He's got this insurance agent and they're laying on the hood of a car one day and this agent here looking up and there's clouds and this agent said, oh, I see this. And he always sees bad stuff. The agent always sees bad stuff because he thinks Chris Paul needs his insurance. He said, I see this. And he said, oh, I see a burglar in your house, burglarizing your house. And Chris Paul said, you see that there? And he says, you need a vacation, man. You need a vacation. And the guy said, Chris, some of us don't have time to take vacations. We have to do the work. But I'm that kind of person. I don't see things in clouds, but clouds have always interested me because not that I see things in them, but because I recognize what they represented since I was a little boy, clouds. Two popular singers in the 70s sung about clouds. Oddly enough, both these women dated the same man, my wife's favorite singer. If she'd have been a singer, she might've dated him. I don't know. James Taylor. And their names were Carly Simon and Joni Mitchell. And both women wrote songs and sang of clouds. Carly Simon wrote of Cloud's Delusions. In her classic hit, You're So Vain, you probably think this song is about you. She wrote, I've had some dreams and there were clouds in my coffee. Clouds in my coffee. Joni Mitchell wrote of Cloud's Illusions. She said, I've looked at clouds from both sides now, from up and down and still somehow. It's Cloud's Illusions, I recall. I really don't know clouds at all. Clouds are like illusions, folks. Clouds are like delusions, folks. But in God's world, clouds can lead to glorious conclusions. He's coming in the clouds, Revelation said, and every eye shall see him. In fact, John said it, behold, in other words, listen to me. 
I'm telling you a fact. The Lord is coming back. See, God's at home in the clouds, folks. Isaiah placed God riding on a swift cloud in Isaiah 10. John saw God enthroned and exalted on a cloud in Revelation 14. Divine encounters in scripture often involved clouds. Israel was guided by a cloud coming through the wilderness. Israel was also protected by the day from the sun by clouds. And when Moses received the law at Mount Sinai, the cloud covered the top of the whole mountain. He was in the presence of God. And on the day of atonement, when the high priest Aaron would bring the blood of the lamb to push the sins of the people ahead one more year, a cloud appeared on the mercy seat to show him that God had honored it. And when Solomon dedicated the temple, the same glory cloud filled the house and the ministry could not minister. And later Ezekiel would see God's presence depart from the temple in the same cloud. And at the transfiguration of Jesus Christ with Peter, James, and John on the top of the mountain, it was God's voice that spoke from the cloud. But John the Revelator spoke of an event that is not in the past, it's in our future. He talked about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I wish I could get a lot of theologians to believe the first coming of Jesus Christ was really real. I wish I could get them to believe that Jesus did die and was buried and rose again the third day bodily out of the grave. But I promise you, I believe in the virgin birth and I believe in the death, burial, and resurrection. And if I believe that, I believe that Jesus is coming again. He will come again and receive us to himself. That where he is there, we may be also. Of course, the best and most accurate method of understanding these clouds is to note that when the risen Lord on the 40th day ascended from the Mount of Olives, and as he was taken away, he was received into the clouds. Acts 1 and 8 said, just as he left this earth, he would return. Simply put, the clouds are an indicator that it was the same Jesus who was taken from them that will be coming back for us. And the com commentaries regarding this verse show that theologians are varied about the nature of these clouds, almost as varied as people that render judgments of the shape of clouds. But I've got to assume that the clouds upon which Jesus will return are such an immense and a lofty object and subject, it truly inspires many different thoughts in my mind. So if you would permit me today to let my mind wonder about this subject of the clouds and let me draw some conclusions about clouds, the first I'd like to draw is simply this, clouds can be, represent our praise. It can represent our past praise. Clouds are about praise. Job wrote it this way in 36. I know I have a lot of verse today, but stay with me. He said, God is great. Behold, God is great. And we know him not, neither can the number of his years be searched out. For he makes small drops of water, and they pour down rain according to the vapor thereof, which the clouds do drop and distill upon man abundantly. Also, can any understand the spreading of the clouds or the noise of the tabernacle? Job is setting forth in the first book that was ever written in the Bible. He didn't have help from Isaiah, Jeremiah, or Daniel, or any of those prophets. He was the first book. He was setting forth the science of hydrology. He's describing the condensation cycle because when rain pours on the earth, not only does the ground soak it in, but there are vapor. It evaporates back to the heavens. The heat evaporates it back to the heaven. And Job says, this is how it's done, people. As vapors 
ascend into heaven to form clouds. Our praises ascend into the heavens and are retained by God himself. Here's what I want to declare. When God rains a blessing down on you, when a blessing comes into your life, the showers of blessing come in your life. Some of it goes in you, but some of it because of praise has to go back to him. Hallelujah. And when the vapor of the blessing of God goes back to him, God bundles it back up and says, that's a praiser. That's somebody that loves me. I'm going to pour it on them again in a few weeks because I can't stop blessing somebody that blesses me back for what I've done for them. Somebody help me preach right now. Hallelujah. Praise is a thanksgiving for what God has done. Is anybody thankful today for what he's done? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When the rain of blessings come down, I'm going to soak it in, but I'm also going to send it back. Jesus healed 10 lepers one day. And he went and sent them to the priest to show themselves to the priest. And as they were going, they were healed. The Bible said one of them turned around. He didn't go to the priest. He came back to Jesus. You know why? He was a Samaritan. And Samaritans didn't have a place before the priest. They were outcasts. I love people that understand that when you really need to give somebody adulation and praise, it doesn't need to be another person. Thank you for honoring me to preach the gospel to you today. But your praise is all to go to the only one that can bless you. And that's to the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. Would you lift your hands and clap them over your head right now? It's time to bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that's within me. Paul, in the first letter to the Corinthians, used the Aramaic expression, Maranatha. It means, oh, Lord, come. First Corinthians chapter 16. Paul is referring to the second coming. Come get us, Lord. However, we can truthfully say that the Lord comes into our lives only when he is invited. Our praise rolls out the red carpet for God. The Bible said in Psalms 22 and 3, he dwells in the midst of praise. He inhabits the praise of his people. I don't care what denomination you are. I know whose you belong to. It don't matter what your church says about this. You can be driving down the road and feel the shower of blessing and say, Lord, some of that's going to go in me, but I got to send some of it back up to you. And when you send that vapor, that past, when you send that praise up to him, he'll bottle that up and send it back down on you again. And it's a cycle in your life. In Revelation 8, John depicted the prayers of the righteous also as clouds of smoldering incense. Revelation 8, 3 and 4. An angel in this passage takes these accumulated prayers and these praises and casts them back to earth as a huge thunderstorm. I put wow, wow in my notes. Every time I weep and praise him, every time I praise him, angels are gathering it up and said, you ready? Boom, shagalaga. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Job got a hold of this and I've got a hold of this. You need to get a hold of this. Our praise is what he's coming back on. Our thanksgiving is what he's coming back on. It's clouds of glory that we send up. Psalm 56, that all of our tears are collected in heaven and all of our praises are collected there as well. So heaven weeps with those who weep and heaven rejoices with those who rejoice. 
Is it too much of a stretch to say that the clouds of our past worship and praise could form the pavilion through which Jesus Christ reenters this world? Is that all right to say that? Behold, he comes with clouds. The second thing I want to address is clouds can represent our present lives. Listen to what James said. He said, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life, he said. It is even a vapor that appears for a little time, then it vanishes away. It's what? It's a vapor. Our life is a vapor. There's that word again. There's that word again. James said it seems that our lives are like vapors, elusive and effusive mist. In this passage, he spoke of life as transitory and momentary. But life is more than cloud in one's coffee. It's more than an illusion or a mirage. It's, more, it's much more than that. Not only does our past praise ascend to the heavens, but our present lives are as vapors ascending to form clouds. When you walk in your job and you have the presence of God exuding from your life, that's a vapor that goes up. And God said, I'm going to form a little cloud in one day. I'm going to come back on that cloud. The psalmist said in Psalms 135, he causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. That's God speaking. That's not me. The Lord collects the vapors of individual lives. The Lord calls the souls of men homes. It's the Lord who told Enoch one day when he walked with him for 300 years, he said, Enoch, you're closer to my house today than you are yours. Why don't you just come on home with me? It's the same Lord that on a, 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 a appearing in the flesh is the same God appearing in the flesh that told a thief on a cross. He said, hey, this day you'll be with me in paradise. I'm here to declare to you, folks, the Lord calls people home. And you've had members of your family pass, and I don't want to grieve you today. But I'm here to declare those folks are with the Lord today. If they knew the Lord, they're with the Lord today. That ought to give us reason to celebrate. That ought to give us reason to celebrate. Uncle John is not by himself today. He's not in some epiphany somewhere doing something bad. He's not in some kind of ethereal world. He's not in some kind of hell place. He's in a heavenly place because he knew the Lord in his life. He knew the Lord in his life. And God Almighty wants us to know that our present lives are clouds to him. In fact, in fact, Patty and I, I Patty and I have this little well, it was really for my boy. When I, when I lost my son, I, 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 I got a little hope chest, and he's been gone 38 years, but I still have this hope chest, and it travels with us. It's kind of like Joseph's bones coming out of Egypt. And that hope chest goes with us. When we move, it goes with us. And it's got a lot of our stuff, and we got some old eight, V8, uh, eight millimeter movies. God, we hadn't pulled them out in a long time, but we have pulled them out. We got some of them made into new things, you know, because we're always going forward. And now the new things we got them made into, they don't work anymore. <laughs> but when you see those old home movies, you know what I'm talking about. You see Aunt Ruth there, you see dad, you see mom, you see cousins, you see people because you want to take pictures when family gets together. And it's pretty cool to take pictures. And, and we've got pictures of our kids when there's little bitty. We took care of Brad and Cassie's kids while they're in Africa. I hope y'all had fun. Because we had a blast. And uh, I, I think those kids want to come and live with Sweet Pea and I right now. We bought them everything. We didn't threaten them one time. <laughs> but we've got pictures of our babies at that age in that house that we kept Brad and Cat's kids in. We've got pictures of them. 
And it's just so neat when you see them and then you see people on those movies that perhaps are not there anymore. They're gone, they're going on. And you say, wow, that's so tough. But it's such a blessing that we can still have them. They're still alive on these films. But the message of the clouds is this. Here's the message of the clouds. That our life is as a vapor. Not one single life is lost. If you trusted in the Lord for your salvation, not one person is going to be missing on the other side. They're all going to be there. Can you rejoice in that? They're all going to be there. Gone, maybe, but not missing. Absent, yeah, but not lost. And when Jesus returns one day, he returns with clouds. The writer of Hebrews calls this assembly of clouds so great a cloud of witnesses. The people that have gone before are going to attach themselves to him when he comes. And we're going to see him. He will not return cloudless. Oh, I feel this. But there'll be clouds all around him. It'll be your kinfolk and my kinfolk and my mom and my dad and your parents and people that you know trusted in God. Why don't you trust in God today and believe that he's coming soon and when he comes, he'll come in the clouds. Wow. He'll return with the lives of those he's assembled. In fact, the glorious train of his second coming is found. The souls of each who followed after him. He comes with clouds. He comes to those who love him. So the clouds represent our past praises and the cloud represents our present lives. But clouds also represent our future transport. Wow. We're going to go somewhere one of these days. People get ready. There's a train coming. You don't need a ticket. You just need to get on board. All you need is some faith to hear the diesel humming. I don't know where that came from. I did not sing that in first church. You don't need a ticket. You just need the Lord. There's a train coming. It's coming. When Jesus left this earth, he was received in a cloud. And one can assume then that the cloud appeared to be some sort of conveyance for him that the clouds took him home. And when Jesus returns, Paul described it. He said he'd come in clouds. Second Thessalonians, this is one of my favorite scriptures at funerals, but I love this, I'll preach it on Sunday morning. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Let me stop right now. One reason I'm preaching this message today is because two Sundays hence is the Feast of Rosh Hashanah, the, the Feast of the Lord, one of the seven feasts of, of Israel. And it starts on Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, the 29th, and goes through the first, which is two days. And it's the Feast of Trumpets. 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 Now, I'm not trying to tie that to this, but Paul said a trumpet's going to sound. Trumpets. Now, I'd like to declare something to you. It's, Jew, it's the Hebrews' new year. It's their celebration of a new year. Yes, yes, yes. is not January 1st. Theirs is the Feast of Trumpet or Rosh Hashanah. Here's what I'm trying to describe is that if there is any time that the Lord could say, Gabriel, are you ready? 
You want to blow that thing this year? You want to go ahead and just blow it? Why don't we just go get those people right now that have put their trust in us? And what, what would happen on the Feast of Trumpets over there in Israel if the real trumpet blasted from heaven and those which are dead in Christ are going to rise first and we which are alive shall be caught up together with them in the clouds and to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I'm going to comfort you today. Hey, Jesus is coming. Come on, get ready. Jesus is coming. Come on, get ready. He's coming. He's coming. Ooh, that makes me feel good to say that. It was Matthew Henry who wrote Clouds or the Chariot, his chariot and pavilion. Back when I was a kid, I'm going to age myself now. Linda Stalls wrote a song called Stepping on a Cloud. And some of you folks might remember it. Some old quartets did it. It's called One of These Days I'm Going to Leave. It won't be long, oh, one of these days till I'm going home. Oh, I'll take my final journey. I'm going to rest in heaven's blue dawn. Stepping on a cloud, the course says, we'll see Jesus rise to meet him in the air. Stepping on the clouds, he will greet us. Oh, the joy together we'll share. <laughs> I'm going to leave this world behind me. I'm going to go where the devil can't find me. I'm going higher, 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 higher. Stepping on the cloud. Hey, I want to comfort you, but I want you to rejoice in the fact that one of these days, folks, and I'm not prophesying or predicting, but one of these days, it's going to be cloudy. And all of a sudden, there's going to be a Jesus split the clouds. And he's going to come and take us home. And I want to be ready when he comes. I don't want my hat to be in class. I want my body to be in class. I want to be here receiving what God has for me. Can you help me preach right now and say, Lord, we want you to come get us. Help us be ready when you come to take us out of here. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. It's like those old hot air balloons. Randy, if you'll help me, I'm through preaching. I've done enough damage today. It's like those old hot air balloons. You know, my wife's always had a penchant to ride in those. And I said, if you ride in that, you'll be going solo. I will not ride in a hot air balloon. I will not trust anything up there that doesn't have an engine on it. Ropes held those hot air balloons to the ground. And sandbags were what the ropes were tied to. And it kept those hot air balloons on the ground. And they had to release them for them to go home or go to the air. And one of these days, there'll be no more ties. There'll be no more dirt. There'll be nothing holding us back. Revelation 21, 27 said, we'll be going home. We're going home. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. John 14, for in my Father's house are many men. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, watch this, I will come again. Jesus said that. And receive you unto myself that where I am there, you may be also. That's a promise. That's a promise. I'm going to a place where there will be no more sorrow. If you want to make it to that land, you need to lay aside every weight and sin in your life. You know I'm a grace man, but you got you to make a choice. You got to make a decision. I just can't save you with my words. If you want to go to the land of light, get out of the night. 
And if you want to be welcomed in heaven, don't deny him here on earth. By the way, two Sundays hence, we've already got over 70 people registered to be baptized in our three services. Let me talk. Let me talk. Let me talk to you. If you've never been water baptized, I just got a question for you. Why? Why not? Well, Pastor, give me a reason. Okay, I'm going to give you one reason and I'm going to rest my case. Are you ready? Jesus was baptized. Jesus was baptized. He knew no sin. He knew no sin. And yet he let a man that was born in sin, the sin of Adam, baptize him. And the heavens opened and a voice said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. If you want heaven to open up on your life, you need to follow Jesus into the water and be water baptized. You need to let it happen. You let it happen. And if you, have, if you have issues about coming to church and being baptized with a bunch of people, I'll meet you here any day. We'll get the water ready. Because one is just as important as 10 to me. Because every soul matters to the kingdom of God. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. I believe that. Would you stand to your feet? You're awesome people. One of these days we're going to a place where there's no more sin. I like that. Where there's no more Satan. I like that. Where there's no more dying. Where there's no more tears. John had a vision of that glad day. And he wrote this in Revelation 20. And the devil that deceived them was cast to a lake of fire and brimstone. That's the only, that's the only thing I want to put in here about him. The enemy. We don't belong where he's at. We belong where the Lord is. What a day. Just as the chariot separated Elijah from the world while he was taken up with a mighty whirlwind, Jesus is coming with clouds. And he'll take us out of here. So, Pastor, how's it going to happen? Glad you asked. Before handicap lifts were common on buses, a journalist one day saw a young man seated in a wheelchair waiting on a bus stop at a bus stop. And he wondered how the young man would get on the bus. And finally the bus lumbered up and the door swung open. As if on cue, the young man pulled his wheelchair right up to the door of the bus and lifted up his hands into the air. And the arms of the bus driver came out of the bus and lifted the boy into the bus. Put his wheelchair in the bus. One of these days, I'm going to be praising him. Either with my hands up or what, whatever. I'm going to be giving him thanks. And he's going to reach down with big, strong hands. And he's going to lift me right up out of my situation and take me home. Take me home. Fire me. Fire me. If you think I've preached nonsense fables today fire me but I declare to you there will be a day when a trumpet's going to sound 
and the dead in Christ are going to rise. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's why you got to keep on praising him. That's why you got to keep on living your life that you live. It's righteous and right in the sight of God. And that's why you got to keep trusting the fact that there is a tomorrow and that tomorrow is a day of the coming of the Lord. These praises I send up, the righteousness of our lives that we live, they're all coming back. And one day I'm gonna step on a cloud and I'm gonna meet him in the air. You wanna go? You need to make preparations. By the way, on that day, you can leave your hat here. You can put it on the desk or in the chairs. You know why? Because where you're going, they give out crowns. They don't have them. Ha! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Somebody magnify the Lord with me right now. Hallelujah! 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 It's 11.35, I've preached myself out of an altar time and I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But I wish you'd bow your heads and raise your hands all over this house. And I wish you'd repeat with me this beautiful prayer. Dear Lord, I love you today. And I thank you for letting a pastor again preach on the soon coming of your life to our life. We love you, Jesus. We honor you, Jesus, with everything that's in us. God, prepare me. Get me ready for that day. For that day. I want to go home with you. I want to be taken out of here with you. I want to go home at the second coming of Jesus Christ. I want to be in the bride. I want to walk with you in white. I want to walk on streets of gold someday. Let it happen in my life. Let it happen in my family's life. Prepare us, Lord. Prepare us for that day. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Clap your hands all over the house now. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Look at somebody beside you and say, Maranatha, the Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. Watch ye therefore. The Lord is coming. He's coming back. He's coming back. I don't want to let you go. I wish we could have church for three more hours. I wish we could just praise him. Would you, would, you get, would you leave here today just praising him? Come on, one more time. Would you just praise him? Would you just honor him today? One more time, just one more time. Honor him. Honor him with your lips. Come on, praise him. Praise him. Praise him today. Hallelujah. 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 Praise him all week, Wednesday night, September to remember. I love you. You're the most awesome people in all the world and I get to pastor you.